0: Howdy, y'all. I'm Jenny Guy, your on-air host. This episode, we're talking about making the most out of every piece of content you create. I've now had the pleasure of having Gertrude Dr. G. Nantara as a live guest a couple of times, and she is always a ray of sunshine. She's a writer, a podcaster, and a mind blower, as she challenged all of us to turn one blog post into 15 different pieces of content. Dr. G is so incredibly positive with so much to teach. So take a few moments and connect with her using the link in the show notes. And for more information about the business of content creation, make sure to check out Mediavine on all of our platforms. We're available on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, pretty much anywhere you are, we are there too. We provide full service ad management and so much more. Now let's get started with Dr. G. You're listening to Mediavine On Air, the podcast about the business of content creation. From SEO to ads and social media to time management. If it's about helping content creators build sustainable businesses, we are talking about it here. I'm your On Air host, Mediavine's Jenny Guy. Hello, everybody. Today is Thursday, June 18th, Father's Day is Sunday. And it has been a long minute since we've been together on Lives and a whole lot has happened in the United States since then. And sadly, none of it is new. We're not here to talk about the racism that pervades all aspects of our lives. And I'm certainly not the person whose thoughts need to be shared on this topic. But as the host of this program, I'd be remiss not acknowledging the pain that so many people have experienced and are currently experiencing. As a company, Mediavine has said we stand with you and we are backing that statement up with action. If you're a Mediavine publisher, we ask that you consider signing up for our no end date PSA campaign. We'll share more information on that in the comments. This is just the beginning for our company. Our people ops department is working behind the scenes on more ways we can contribute, which we hope to announce more about soon. We know that there is much work to be done. While the deaths of George Floyd and Armad Arbery are currently known and spoken of in the media, we want to acknowledge that there are so many more that didn't make the headlines. We stand with each and every person who should be alive today, as well as their families, and hope that this horrible catalyst will lead to real and lasting societal change. Now, I'm going to pivot to our topic of today and our wonderful guest, but first, I'm going to ask everybody in the audience a question. Are you getting the most out of your blog content? One of the biggest problems we hear newer bloggers complain about all the time is how do I come up with content to keep up and continue to be relevant years from now? Most people publish the blog post, share a link on social media, and call it a day, but my guest today is here to help you repurpose that content like a pro and turn one blog post into 15 pieces of content that keep working for your business 24-7. G Nantara is a former registered nurse and medical scientist turned blogger, no big deal, freelance writer, and YouTube creator. G is also the host of the Create and Prosper Show, which helps bloggers and writers create amazing content and build profitable businesses. G started my online business journey in 2014 to chronicle her journey into online business and succeeded in using that blog to attract clients for a social media content creation business. You can find her currently on gnandra.com where she's passionately helping her audience make a living and build a powerful and authentic personal brand with their writing. When she is not creating amazing content, she likes to watch spy
1: movies. Hi G, thank you so much for joining us. Hello Jenny and thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: I am so excited. I'm excited about her amazing dress, her incredible earrings, her incredible knowledge. We're going to have a really good time. And she's in San Diego, which makes me so jealous before we get into the nitty gritty meaty stuff. Tell me what is
1: your favorite spy movie? You know, I have a spy series I enjoy. So it was a TV show called Chuck. It was on NBC, I think between 2007. I think it had five seasons. And I'm just a sucker for that show. But definitely, I love all the Mission Impossible movies. James Bond a little bit just because my dad introduced me to that. But as an adult, I haven't watched a whole bunch of that. But definitely Mission Impossible movies and Chuck. (laughs) I'll have to check out Chuck. I did La Femme Nikita
0: back in the day, like a long time ago on TNT. And then I loved Alias too.
1: Alias is good. Yeah.
0: Yeah those female girls, those, those women spies. spies. Okay. So audience, I asked this right before we got started and talked about what's going on in the world, but what is your content creation process? Are you currently repurposing your blog posts? Tell us in the comments. And let's get going here. So, G, you originally submitted this awesome topic for the Media Vine Influencers Conference in Baltimore, which we were talking about, where sad did not happen, but we're super excited that we're able to pivot this and turn it into the Summer of Live episode. So will you tell me and our audience why this topic was what you submitted with and more about your online biz journey and how it led you to the value of this topic?
1: I really am a big believer in the fact that content is the cornerstone of everybody's business. Even businesses that don't have or don't create content are creating some kind of content to move their business along, whether that's emails, whether that's videos, whether that's at TV advertisements, they are creating some kind of content, right? Right. And I've been a blogger for the last, this is 2020. So I want to say seven or eight years. I've written various blogs. I don't write my online business journey as actively anymore because I pivoted my business a little bit. But for five years, that was my blog where I wrote on my online business journey, basically everything I was learning on this journey of online business and generated a lot of traffic, but more than that, sales, opportunities to speak opportunities to connect with other like-minded entrepreneurs, which have all enriched my life, right? So I really do think that content is the cornerstone of every business. That's the first thing. The second thing is that a lot of the time people, because Content is the cornerstone of business. Sometimes when I speak with business owners and tell them, you need to be creating some kind of content that appeals to your audience and that brings them in, they are really stumped. They're like, but what do I create? And so that becomes a stumbling block where people are really stuck in this whole content creation process. And sometimes all I tell them is, well, do you have any type of content at all? Repurpose that right if you have anything it could just even be a brochure let's say it's a doctor's office it could just be even a brochure lying in your office how can you take that brochure and turn it into several pieces of content so i've really been very passionate about content creation and also repurposing your content because let's tell the truth when you post content the first time then everybody is going to see that right even if 10,000 people may see that, but not everybody sees that. And for certain, in about six months, people would have forgotten about that. And so why not repurpose that? Why not rework that? And I really do think that this topic we're gonna talk about, I'm so excited about it, but it is really the genesis of all your content if you really want it to be. It can be the reason why you never, ever run out of content ideas because you're already taking things you've created. And some of you are watching me, maybe you have 50 blog posts, 20 blog posts, Maybe you are more of a video creator and you've created some videos that content can be repurposed and reused multiple times in multiple ways. And so I really want, and since this was going to be a conference primarily for bloggers, I really wanted to bring that to the fam and let them know that it's possible for your content to get as much traction as it can get. And it doesn't just have to be, okay, I wrote the blog post or so I created that piece of content. I shared it to social media and that's the end. It doesn't have to be the end. And we love hearing that because, you know, you're preaching to the Sam, you're preaching to the
0: choir here. These yeah. women, our audience, our website owners, our content creators—they love creating content. But I think sometimes what can happen with even with us on our own blog, on the Mediavine blog, is that well, that's old news. We wrote that, we already did that. Everyone saw that. But you're right. Like your mom probably sees all your content, but that's the only person who's actually catching
1: everything you're putting out.
0: Other people right. aren't
1: experienced right? Correct. We'll get into it. But yeah, absolutely. Like Even the people that have seen it before, you can always rework content in a different way that sheds a different angle of it, right? It's kind of like if I was looking at my phone here, somebody standing that way is going to have a different perspective of the phone than somebody that's looking at it this way. It's the same phone. So it's the same piece of content, but we can look at it from different directions and use it in different ways and, and make it seem fresh. And it's possible for us to do that. And we have got some fantastic comments from people. Leah Ingram says, I have been
0: making more videos to put in my blog posts. And then I use those videos to make video pins and IGTV. Wow. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah. So we've got some people, we have some people that are saying, Shay Wiley says, I'm the right of post share on social repeat, frowny face. Well, she's got some tips for you. Lana Taylor Stewart says, I have over 650 published recipe posts that I could repurpose into more pieces of content than just posts. That's oh, right. That's oh, so
1: a, I mean wow she doesn't probably have to create new content for years <laughs> she's like she's set she can she's
0: she can set. just keep going and I'm and, and make it, yeah. <laughs> okay she's on autopilot so let's do an overview first because your original session title was 15 ways to repurpose your content. What sparked that 15 ideas, that 15 number? And tell us what the 15 are. And we'll get into each of them a little bit more later, but start with an overview for us.
1: 15, because 15 sounded like a good number. I didn't have a real good reason to choose that. <laughs> so I just put 15 because I knew that I could repurpose content multiple ways, like more than 20 ways. So I just was like, okay, I'm going to stick to 15 because I don't think everybody has time to listen to the 40 ways I'm going to repurpose this content. So 15 sounds... <laughs> Like a good session for us, and so to go over the 15, you wanted me to go over the 15, Jenny? Yeah, please. Okay. Is it okay to chip in here if people wanted to get these slides at the end? Yes, absolutely. We can share that. We can share it now and we can, G is nice enough to
0: share her, what was going to be her presentation in Baltimore. We're going to post a link in there that you can easily get off of her website. So we'll drop that in the comments right now. Okay. Okay, great.
1: The first one would be a lead magnet, right? You can turn your blog posts into lead magnets, especially blog posts that have done really well for your blog. I think it was Lana, right? That had the 650 recipes. It was Lana. You're right. Yeah. And so eventually, some of those are going to perform really, really well, but they're going to get buried under all the new content. So to revive that, you can actually turn that post into a PDF and then use it as a lead magnet to get people to sign up for your email list, right? Because email lists are everything for bloggers, correct? So a tool that I find handy to do that is a Google Chrome extension known as print friendly and PDF. It's a Chrome extension. And what it does is that, When you open up the page for that particular post, you can just click on that Chrome extension and it will immediately turn your blog post into a PDF. So you don't have to rewrite, copy, and paste anything. Just use this Chrome extension to turn it into a PDF and use that as a lead magnet to build your email list. Another thing you could do is turn it into an email series. Let's say that there was a topic that you wrote that was a really long blog post. It was a 2,000-word, 1,500-word, even a 1,000-word blog post, right? And you had bullet points in each in the blog post, right? You could discuss each of those bullet points as an email series. And so again, this is a really great way to revive old content. YouTube videos. You can turn your content into YouTube videos. Live video. Every platform that has live video, you could go on there and create either a live video or live series on that particular post, And then moving on to a platform like Instagram, you can turn your blog posts, you can turn some of that into quotables, right? Quotable graphics on the Instagram main feed, And you could also turn that into an Instagram story graphic where you show the main bullet points. You could post quotes from the Instagram story graphic. You could post the title and invite people to swipe up if you have more than 10,000 followers on Instagram or to click the link in your bio to read the post. You could do multiple 15-second IG stories. You could turn it into an IGTV video just like somebody suggested earlier on Twitter you can turn different points in the post into tweets. You can turn them into quote graphics. Code graphics really work on any platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even Pinterest. I've seen people taking quotes or taking ideas from their posts and just creating a Pinterest graphic and then just linking that to their blog post and just pinning that over and over again, turning your blog post into a podcast using certain blog posts that have done really well as pitches to get on other people's platforms. Because one of the ways that you can really build your audience as a blogger is to get on somebody else's podcast or be on somebody else's blog, or even be on somebody else's YouTube channel. You can rework that piece of content into a pitch. All right. We'll talk about that into a pitch to get on other people's platforms. You can turn the blog posts into books I know a very popular business owner who started out as a blogger and I think one of his very first books that hit the Amazon bestseller list and I think the New York Times bestseller list where really just his blog post that he rewrote. He rewrote the blog post in detail and turned it into a bestseller. So you could do that too. And then the last one here is republishing your content on other platforms. So, and this could be partial or complete. You could take a part of that blog post and post it on platforms like LinkedIn. LinkedIn has a publishing feature, just like you, it's just very much like writing a blog post. They have their own feature like that. And it can really help you build your LinkedIn audience and drive traffic to your business. If you have a business attached to your blog. And I know I've done that and I've got inbound leads into my business because I've been active and written content. And sometimes it's just repurposed content or reposted content from my blog. Medium is another platform that allows you to do that. And then you can also submit it as a guest post. Now, if you're going to give submit it as a guest post to somebody else's blog, make sure that you rework it, make sure it's not the exact same same thing so that you don't get penalized by the SEO people. But at least sometimes it's good to say, I think there's a statement you can make that this post was first published on this blog, just so that there is that knowledge there. And you don't get punished by Google, for instance, for repeat content. But basically, that's an overview of all the ways you could repurpose content. And now no, we're that done. That was a mouthful. That,
0: See, was a mouthful. <laughs> that was awesome. People are writing all these comments and going, "This is amazing! Yeah. That's really great, and we're learning a lot." So Leah Ingram said, "What kind of graphics? You're talking about quote graphics?" And then Larissa Bernard said, "Using Canva is a great way to." create those quote graphics that you're talking about, which you can then, Canva is great because you can resize for all the particular social platforms that you want it and then stick it all over the place. And then we had Amy is asking, what is the Chrome extension that converts posts into PDFs? So if we can share that link, we will. We've got Mm -hmm. you, Amy. Okay, that was a lot of amazing stuff. And we've already shared the link for your slide. So let's talk a little bit and focus on email for a second. So guys, Mm -hmm. let's be real in the audience. Who in our audience is collecting email addresses and making use of their list. What are you doing with them? How is that going for you? The process of email, tell us in the comments. Let's go for email. Okay, so it's one of the big ways that you mentioned. And like you said, email is gold for a blogger. Why is email gold for a blogger? I always love to get perspective and hammer this point home.
1: Email is gold for a blogger because these people have given you permission to email them about your offers and then about your content. I mean, I feel like this is a whole lecture on its own, but email is really a great way to go deep with your audience, right? When you're on social media and when you're you're on your blog, yes, you can get deep with the people that follow you on there, but it's kind of like one off and then they're gone and you don't know who these people are. But with email, you actually have permission to enter somebody's most precious inbox. And that is real estate I don't take for granted. And so when somebody gives me their email, right, I treat it as, wow, this person could, even if they never buy something from you directly, they could become your biggest advocate. They could become your biggest fan telling everybody about you. I think Pat Flynn has a book called Superfans. And in that book, he talks about really getting deep with your audience. And so it is an opportunity for bloggers Email is a great opportunity for bloggers to build those deep connections and to sell right? To build those deep connections, to send traffic and to sell. So I don't think you should take it for granted. Now, a lot of the time people are confused as to how to start building that email list, right? How do I get people to join my email list? And sometimes I'll go on people's blogs or websites and they're like, oh, sign up here for updates. Well, these days there's a lot of email fatigue and people are not just going to sign up for updates, but they will sign up for something that is super valuable. And so if you already, and when I first started, my blog, I didn't, I don't think I even was getting a thousand views per month. One of the things I did is I just took five, I think five of my most popular blog posts. I turned that into like, I called it a freebie library. It was just my blog post, right? But I called it a content library and I was like, oh, sign up and I'll send you this content library that shows you these five specific things. And that converted really, really well. And had people signing up for my email list because I was giving them something I had already created, but now I had just reworded it. And when they they signed up for the email list, all that was happening was, yes, I would give them, I could convert it to a PDF like I suggested, but they could just go back to those older blog posts to read that. And I had that email opt-in for over a year. And remember what I said about the older content just gets keeps getting buried under the newer content? Well, now it doesn't have to be because there is a fresh stream of traffic every time somebody signs up for that post that is going back to those old posts. So they're still getting traction even if something different or something new was what brought them onto the blog. So I hope that answers the question.
0: It totally did. And so what I'm hearing, you're giving so much good stuff that I'm mentally taking notes and then wanting to zero in on some of the stuff you're saying. So a lot of times, like you said, just saying, sign up for recaps, sign up for, so what you're saying is, You may be doing that. You may be actually offering them a recap, but that's not how you're packaging it. And that's not how you're marketing it. You're giving them a specific call to action hook, a freebie. You're taking the content that exists, but you're packaging it in a totally different
1: way. That sounds exclusive and exciting. Exactly. And that delivers. It's still going to deliver on the promise. It shouldn't be hyped, right? I don't believe in that. I believe in promising and over-delivering if you can. But yes, so exactly what Jenny said.
0: (laughs) That's so exciting. And a lot of times, but it's not something that has to be a ton of additional work. It's not that you're giving things that aren't already existing on your website. You've already done the work. What you're doing is just repackaging, which is very exciting. Exactly. Do you have any favorite email, like for instance, subscription services? Do you have any favorite courses for email people that are wanting to get a little more deep? Cause you're right. This is like a 17 hour course that we could teach right now that you could do. (laughs) There
1: really is a lot to it. Personally, I learned everything I know about email on my own and just by listening to a lot of podcasts. I listened to a lot of podcasts when I first started. I use ActiveCampaign as my email subscription service. I know ConvertKit is another one that's really big amongst bloggers, but I think both of them work very, very well. Another one I'm beginning to fall in love with is one called MailerLite. And I love MailerLite just because if you're starting out and let's say your budget is kind of limited, you can get a thousand subscribers for free and they give you landing pages, really, really simple, functional landing pages that people can go to, which I think ConvertKit has, but ActiveCampaign may not have this similar comparable thing. But any one of these is, it works. A thing has to be said here about tools and getting bogged down by which is the best tool, the best tool is the best tool that works for you, <laughs> okay? So <laughs> I don't think that there is a best tool out there. I think there's a tool that is best for you and your purposes. So there's active campaign, there's kit, there's MailerLite, MailChimp, any one of these. As long as it works for your purposes, just go with that. I pay for ActiveCampaign okay. and there's a reason why I pay for it and, and don't choose a free plan. It gives me more features. It allows me more flexibility. So just choose what works for you. But just
0: do it, don't sit there and allow the fact that you can't choose the right tool, prevent you from actually doing something with it. Correct. Analysis paralysis. Gee, it happens to all of us. <laughs> OK, we've got a few people that are saying I collect emails, but then don't send emails. Do you have any advice on how often are you doing it? What kind of content are you doing weekly? Tell us about it.
1: I do weekly. I do at least once a week and I tend to do it towards the beginning of the week. So usually like a Monday or Tuesday, again, choose what's best for you. But I think Mondays or Tuesdays works. I tested Saturdays once open rate was really poor. (laughs) So Monday or Tuesdays works for me once a week. And usually what am I sending them? I believe you shouldn't send your list emails only when you have something to sell. You should send your emails consistently because again, it's about building deep connections. It's about creating super fans, right? So you want to be emailing them frequently. Now, I even know some people that email every single day and I don't get mad at them because their emails are that good. But I don't recommend that if your emails are not that good. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's a lot of selfies of yourself. You know, (laughs) I mean, the people that I can tolerate that from are very, very few, but it, that's because it's so good, but you can still send them really good one email per week. The different things that you can send them, you can send them your newest content, right? You can send them old content, old content, because some people subscribe to your list that never saw that content. So send them that like, oh, this was my most commented on post from 2011. And this is why it's still relevant. So send that to them, have personal conversations, something that you went through recently, but tie a business lesson to that. So I am very big on storytelling where I tell a story, but I tie that to the content and the purpose for why they're on the list. It doesn't have to be a random story. So I remember last year, I traveled outside of the country and I was able to work from outside of the country. And I sent an email that just said, I love working from anywhere. And so in that email, I shared my trip with them, but then I tied it back to the fact that this is why I do what I do, because if I hadn't built this kind of business, I wouldn't be able to travel outside of the country and still be earning money. And so it still came back, even though I shared my trip with them and how much fun that was, it's still tied back to the original purpose. So tell parts of your story and tie that back to the purpose of why they're on your list. And if you can do that consistently, you know, sending them content, sending them stories that teach a business lesson, building connections with them, it becomes much easier to sell because they're like, oh, she has a new book. Of course, I'm going to get that. She's awesome. And so they they trust you build yourself up as an authority in a deeper way when you do that so these are just I think I give three ideas so your content stories products that you have for sale don't be shy to send it to the people will unsubscribe every time you send an email but that just means they are not the best fit for your email list and that's okay
0: I loved that that was very freeing like people are gonna unsubscribe that's okay they're not your super fans. Just to it's let fine. that go. That's wait. And you'll pay less on a lot of these subscription services. So if they're mm-hmm. not your people, they're not your people. Okay. I have so many comments. And just to let everybody know, we're having some issues with getting comments. Things are weirdly happening here. So we're trying to get all of them. We're not ignoring you. Don't be sad. That's not an intentional thing that we're doing. Yeah, and sure. also... Can we just stay here and talk for about 75 hours because you're amazing G, and I'm learning so much everything. you Okay. Brenda says, I just started my weekly email with the help of a VA. I just don't like doing it, but now I'm focusing on how to create lead magnets that will hopefully increase the signups for different projects. We had somebody who said, this is a good question. Oh, uh, well, they're all good. But Leah said, I'm collecting emails. I have two lead magnets. How many can you have running on a blog? I have different audiences based on different niches that I cover within the context of her one website. Do
1: you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, because I've made this mistake before, I'm going to just put it out there so that you don't be like me. So I did have a blog where I had multiple different opt-ins and ultimately it got confusing to sell to them because somebody signed up for like an Instagram story email, somebody signed up for an email on how I was doing YouTube, somebody signed up for So there were different lead-ins to the email list. And even though my email list grew, everybody was there for a different, slightly different purpose. I think that if your email magnets can, if it's possible, and they can be centered around the same bucket of subjects, it's good. Or you can decide to have maximum, and this is just me and my brain, maximum three different tracks where it's like, okay, this list, let's say you have a blog that combines your cooking with sewing, right? Mm -hmm. Then you say, okay, this list is for all the people that signed up for my recipes or to get my recipes. And this list is for the people that signed up to learn about my sewing. So when you create different digital products, you know, which list to send it to, you won't be sending the sewing digital product to the cooking list, because you're going to convert really badly. It's not going to work out and you're going to be sad. And that was what was happening to me. So don't be sad. Okay, yeah. Don't be like me. So that's what I did in the beginning until I learned that no, 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 it's, it's important to seg- either segment it or to build the list around a bucket of topics that are similar so that you know that people that are, for instance, people that are interested in blogging are most likely also going to be interested in learning how to create an online course. So, So it's like, they are different topics, but they are related. So if you can create that kind of email list, but if you do cover like completely different subjects, then you would go to option number two, which was like be segmented and send the right emails to the right people. So I I hope that answers the question.
0: It did. She said it did. Okay. A couple more questions on emails and then we got to move on and we're running out of time. And she... You just awkwardly laughed when I said that I wanted her to stay for 75 hours, so she won't let me keep her. (laughs) Maria John said, do you link back to your blog in these emails or just excerpt those top five posts with that? I believe she's talking about the lead magnet that you mentioned in
1: the beginning. Right. So there are multiple ways you can do it. You can do it. You can do the excerpts, to five posts. You can lead back to one post. You can turn it into a series. So you can do it those ways.
0: Any way that makes you happy, the best way, what, the, yes. the way that makes you feel the best. Mm-hmm. Brenda says, "I am curious what we should be looking at when comparing different email service providers. They all seem to offer mostly the same thing, but the prices vary wildly. Why do some services seem to have higher open rates than others? Is that a factor? And how do we know what we're, what we're comparing?"
1: I agree that some email services do end up having better open rates than others because I did see that when I switched from one to that shall remain unnamed to active campaign. So I think to be honest, active campaign, ConvertKit and MailerLite are all good services. So if you're looking for recommendations, those are my recommendations for you. MailerLite, because they do have a free one, a free plan where it's a thousand subscribers and you don't have to pay. And then after a thousand subscribers, I think it's like, $10 or something like that. It's not highly expensive. Then I think there's ConvertKit for somewhere in the middle of that. Then ActiveCampaign is a little bit higher. So if you were looking for a comparison, that's how I would go.
0: That's really helpful. And also, I think it might depend on where you are in your email journey. If you're an experienced email or maybe, and you know, it works for you and your audience is there for it and ready to buy, and you're going to make money back on it. Spend money on it. Yeah. If you are just dipping your toe in the waters of being a consistent emailer, try something out that's a little less expensive. That's right. Okay. Morgan Smith McBride says, I have maybe 80 plus opt-ins. The lead maggots that are post-specific and needed to complete that project, crush it for us. She highly segments their list. Good to hear. That's,
1: That's good to hear. Yeah. Leah, That's really good to
0: hear. yeah, she, it's exciting to, to hear that she, it sounds like Morgan is using it as a, and Hey Morgan, she's been on the show before. She sounds like it's a continuation of the blog post. Like you need this specifically, like if you want to do the next step and whatever project it is, I love it. You guys are so smart. Okay. Let's, pe- we had a question asking about YouTube. So I'm going to use that as a little segue here. Another one of your big suggestions involves one of our favorite topics, which is video. If you didn't know around here at Mediavine, the year of video became the decade of video in 2020 marked the new decade of video TLDR. We are obsessed with video at Mediavine. We have a video called video, video, video. We like videos. So anyone that that advocates for creating more video, you're on our good list. So tell us a little bit about your video strategy and your best tips for
1: turning a blog post into a video. So if you're going to turn a blog post into a video, I highly recommend that you do a little bit more research on YouTube. For instance, I use YouTube at least once or twice a week. You want to use a tool called TubeBuddy. I highly recommend that you install. It's a Chrome extension to Install that. And then whatever blog post it is that you want to turn into a video, go on YouTube and search for the topic and see who has the best videos on that topic, like the, the videos that come up first and if possible, watch those videos and see what they said. And then you want to use TubeBuddy to look at the tags and the titles that the person has used for their videos and use that for your video. So you're going to film your own video, but I want you to watch what they talked about because how or, or how they talked about it is going to be one of the reasons why the video is so popular or so well known. Their tags are also going to be important. And just without TubeBuddy, you don't see those tags, but with TubeBuddy, you get to see those tags and you could copy or borrow some of those tags onto your own video. And it does help with you getting found in search. If you're going to turn a blog post into a video First of all, do the research, go and do your due diligence, look at who has created videos on that, see what they said, see how differently you are saying it, and that's going to be your, your unique selling point. And then using TubeBuddy, take some of those tags, there's a lot to TubeBuddy, but use the TubeBuddy to borrow those tags from those videos for your own videos so that you can either be found in search or be suggested alongside those videos. So that's for YouTube. And then, yes, yeah, since we're talking about video, for live video on YouTube, you could use a similar process, but for live video on Facebook, I am Instagram, LinkedIn has live video now. You know, these don't have search functions, but... They do have virality potential. So just go live, email your list again, tell them you're going live, tell them that you're discussing these things. Sometimes when people read things, it's not so easy for them to like get some of the nuances to what you're saying. And so you can explain it further in the video or in a series if live video is part of your strategy.
0: We have someone on here who's saying, I love video but hate writing. So that's another, that's a dip, that's a separate issue. But what I wanted to ask was, how do you determine which blog posts are really great for videos? Do you just choose ones that are performing really well or what, what is your process there?
1: Um, do a little bit of both. You never know until you test. So I you start out with the ones that are doing well, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing well. So you can start out with those, turn them into videos. And then somebody had mentioned embedding that video within the blog post. Yeah. So that's the other benefit is Google owns YouTube. So you you could be winning on both sides, right? We're on YouTube and on Google with your blog. So embed that now, what was it? Sorry. Let me go back to Jenny's original question. Please ask your question again. Cause I think
0: well, I, it. First I wanted to jump in and say, you definitely want to upload your videos and embed them into your blog post using the MediaVine video players. So you're getting the money from those that you're not necessarily getting on your YouTube video, but you can then create those, put those videos through the, you put those videos through your media video player, and then still funnel people to your YouTube channel with a link yes. or a, a title card. So there's all of those things are options there. What right. I asked was, how do you determine which of your blog posts to turn okay. into videos?
1: Yes. Yes. So I think start out with the ones that are doing well, then later on, if that has run out, hopefully not. But if that has run out, um, then then even the ones that are not doing well, just test those and see if they'll work. Go on YouTube and again, use that search process I just described in TubeBuddy to research to see, okay. And if somebody is, usually if you find that uh, TubeBuddy has a scorer and they tell you, oh, this video, there is a, big potential for you to optimize for it. And that's your opening because that, even though it may not be doing well on your blog post, you could turn it into a video and who knows, it may take off. So just test. So
0: tell us a little bit about your video strategy. How do you create video? Are you just using it? Are you using your phone? Do you have a camera? Are you investing? Are you outsourcing? Videos are, are, can be a big, big thing and scary for some people for sure.
1: Yes, for sure. I invest, I invest in my video quality a lot because it matters. But if all you have is a cell phone, the uh, iPhones, are. if you have an iPhone or even some of the newer Android phones are really good. So you can start with that. I have two cameras. I have a Canon EOS SL2 camera. I can put it in the chat. And I also have a Canon M50. Camera, So both of these are really good options for people that want to create content, wherever you want to create content. They're both higher end cameras. And so the video quality is good. One is a DSLR, one is a mirrorless camera, but they're really good quality. And so the video comes out looking much better than if you just use a cell phone because I have shot on my cell phone and I wasn't so satisfied with the quality um, but if that's all you have then just use it. but I do invest in that I edit my own videos I have paid other people to edit them if when I'm too busy. so if that's an option for you you can do that but I do edit my own videos and upload them um, I do all the research myself. I try to optimize my videos really well for search and suggested on YouTube. And again, that goes back to the tool I mentioned, TubeBuddy, on YouTube.
0: Awesome. Okay. So do you have a favorite editing software or a couple of recommendations on that? I know there are a lot of people out there who...
1: iMovie is good. I've used that. I currently use Filmora. And then there are people that I've had really good things about. I think it's FCPX, but it's more expensive. Filmora is like, I think I bought it for $60 or something, but iMovie is free and does a good job too. Fantastic. Thank
0: you. Okay. Let's pivot a little bit here. You mentioned this one and well, first, do you have any advice for our friend who is more of a vlogger than a blogger and how to do kind of the reverse process, turning a video into a blog
1: post? You can upload your video to, it used to be free, but I think now you'd have to pay something, a software called order AI. I'm going to just type it. I'm going to type it to the team so that they see it. But order.ai, you can upload your video there and get a transcript of the video and you can edit that into a blog post. YouTube also used to have a way for you to get the transcript. These days, I don't find it, but it's possible. You know, it just may be my computer, but I know I've used order.ai to turn the video into a blog post. So if you are a video creative, that's easier for you. You can do that. Apart from order.ai, there are services like, I think there's one called rev.com where you can get something transcribed for 10 cents per minute. So if it's 10 minutes, then it's a dollar, something like that. So there are services out there and you can do some of them for very free or cheap. And that's good. Yeah. If you're a filmmaker, make
0: your films and then turn your blog, do it the other way, whichever way works better for you. For sure. Okay. You are a big fan based on your presentation of the gram. Like you love Instagram. So you've got multiple ways that you talked about promoting that one piece of blog content on this platform. So tell us why Mm -hmm. you are so in love with Instagram and give us your secrets.
1: Well, I'm in love with Instagram because I think it's one of the most personable platforms out there. And I think it really, they built the app really well and they've given us multiple ways to use it, right? So with Instagram, you have IGTV, you have Instagram TV, that's a separate app, but it's still related to it. You have Instagram TV, right? You have videos that you can put on the gram itself. You have the graphics and pictures of yourself that you can put on the gram itself. You have opportunity to go live. You have IG stories. You have even the DMs, okay? I've converted people in my IG DMs. So I feel like a platform gives you any tool to use, you should use it. There's even an option for you to do audio in your DMs. Did people know that? You can record audios and send it to people. That's
0: Um, awesome.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's a great customer service tool. Anyway, so that's why I love Instagram. Plus it's used by, I think it's now up to probably close to a billion people use it. So a lot of people use it. It's a popular platform. It's very versatile in whichever content type you're into. And there's also the fact that when you post your image on the main feed, you can write like a micro blog, right underneath that image. So it makes it so, so versatile. Now, I already mentioned all the different ways you can use it. And really, if you just sit down and think about that blog post that did really well, and you're just going to take one point, you're not even going to take the whole blog post, okay? Because people don't want to read your 2000-word blog post on Instagram, but they will read something that is punchy, packs punch and delivers value, right? And so just one tip, like recently on my Instagram, I had think I had just posted, if you go to my Instagram profile, which is instagram.com slash Jean Nondra, shameless plug, but anyway, if you go there, you'll see that I recently wrote like writing tips because I I speak to writers quite a bit. And I said, writing tips, sit down and just write for 30 minutes every day. That's it. Don't complicate it. That's something I I created as a longer piece of content before. It's just a quote graphic that I wrote. It ended up getting... 50 likes. I got a lot of comments on it. A lot of people messaged me about it. One of my coaching clients got in touch with me. I was like, oh, that was so great. I wrote three chapters of my book this week because of that tip. Okay. And it was just one sentence on a co graphic that I shared on my Instagram. So I didn't take the whole thing. I just took one little point and it packed punch and I, and I just shared it. So that's one way you can do that. You can just take one point from the post and then make it punchy, make it to the point and then share it. And it, it ends up delivering a lot of value and helping people get quick wins. If you help people get quick wins with your content, that's another thing. It ends up being super helpful. You can turn that into multiple 15 second IG stories. So this same tip, this whole write, sit down and write for 30 minutes, I turned that into, it was like an eight, 15 second IG story where I was like, okay, so today I'm going to tell you why. Cause I think I had posted before and people said, well, I feel too lazy to write. And that was my response to people saying that. And so I I recorded an IG story and I said, you're telling me you're too lazy to write. You don't have time to write. You can write for 30 minutes. And so I did a 15 second, I did like that eight stories, which was 15 seconds each. And then I downloaded those stories, turned that into a video and posted it on my IGTV. Three pieces yeah. of content right there. Three pieces of content right there from the same thing, the same statement, stories, IGTV that lives on forever and a post and all of them did well. So people want to engage in that content in different formats. You could go live. I don't typically go live on Instagram, but I could take that same tip, go deeper on it and go live for the next 15 minutes. I love everything you're saying. And it's a live video. The people that DM'd me about that tip, I can DM them back and be like, hey, you know, what's up? If I had a product that was attached to that, that would be my opportunity to tell them, well, if you wanted to go deeper, this is a product that you may be interested in. You know, so these are all the ways that you can really go deep with your audience on the ground, offer value that makes them win, you know, ultimately helps them win. And really, they will love you and follow you forever. <laughs>
0: Well, everyone was asking to make sure we've posted a couple of times on what your Instagram handle was because everybody said, I missed it. Someone post your Instagram handle. Okay, okay, hold on. We got you, we got you, we got you. I just wanted to let you know that people (laughs) are (laughs) jonesing to follow you.
1: Okay, there we go, IG. (laughs) So
0: we've talked a lot about the traditional places and we don't have much time left, which is sad, but I'm gonna go ahead and skip over Twitter and kind of get out of the more traditional platforms. Like we talked about bloggers, equal social. That's kind of a one-to-one sharing mode, YouTube. YouTube, all those things are pretty natural fits but in terms of non-traditional ways to get outside the box with this with like a book or a podcast where you said pitching for speaking can you talk to about some of those and give some quick tips
1: on there Yes. So if, um, so for instance, on for podcast, right. If you have an interest, I find that these days, well, now that we're mostly self-isolating and quarantining and not commuting, I think a lot of people, a lot of my podcaster friends have said their listens have gone down because a lot of people were getting a lot of listens on people's commutes. So yeah. I finally got down, but we're not going to be in this Stage forever. So I think this is a great time. And there are not many podcasts out there, to be honest, as compared to blogs. So if you wanted to turn your content into a podcast, you could. And that's again, is just you. I've done this multiple times. I have a podcast. And I turned a lot of my posts that ended up doing really well. And usually I look at two metrics. They did well on Google Analytics and then they did well on Pinterest. And I turned that into, I just went through the talking points. And sometimes I have evolved since I first wrote that content. I've learned new lessons since I wrote that content that ends up being helpful.
0: There's that. You talked a little bit about what I was most interested in. You talked about the book, which we all want to write the New York Times bestseller, but talk to me about pitching. Talk to me about you. what metrics you're looking at for which of your blog posts you're going to use as your pitches and how
1: you're going about writing those pitches. What are you pitching for? Hopefully all of us are creating content to attract a certain type of person to us, your avatar, right? Whatever your avatar, your business or your archetype is, avatar for your business is, you're creating content for them. And so I say, go on iTunes, go on Google Podcasts and just type, I find iTunes helpful because I have an iPhone. I'll type in, let's say, business podcasts or blogging podcasts and find the ones that speak to a a subsection of the audience you want to reach. And usually they will have a website. They will have some way for you to get in touch with them. Once you get that information, just write to them and say, hello, my name is so-and-so. I create content specifically for this audience. In fact, this post that I wrote ended up doing really well and has since gotten over 100,000 visits. And I was just wondering if I could come on your podcast and talk to your audience about five ways for them to achieve this. Bam. And you're done. Your numbers
0: are my favorite thing. Like that, you're just like five ways I'm gonna make you a better person. Two yes. ways that you're gonna be. You're gonna wake up tomorrow and you're gonna be. I love it. I'm, yes. I'm crazy. Your life. We're gonna get you all together. I'm gonna change <laughs> you in three simple ways. Here we go. That's amazing. We just shared your podcast as well. Okay. So one more thing I want to hit on as we're running out of time a little bit, sometimes this can be controversial, but you mentioned it content syndication, sharing Mm -hmm. partial of whatever your content is, or sharing all of it. Have you seen value in that? And how do you go about that successfully?
1: Right. So yes, I see value in that because whether you're posting on LinkedIn, I posted a lot, lot of LinkedIn, not on Medium as much. But definitely I can speak to the uh, LinkedIn and then the blog, the guest posts. If you already have something that did well and you're going to create something similar for, let's say you came to me to pitch me. I don't do guest posts much, but if you came to me to pitch me to write a guest post and then it was great because it did so well. Because what it did well on yours, it's mostly going to do well on mine as well. You have to be in the mindset of the person you're writing to, right? So when you pitch a similar idea or a parallel idea or a different perspective of the same idea, it is a great way for you to establish your expertise, right? Establish your expertise in front of that person's audience, just like the podcast. And because you'll have a byline, so you'll have people coming back to your blog. And if you like, you can make that byline directly to that other piece of content. So that the moment they land on there, they're on there. Very, very smart. And same with with LinkedIn. You could give a preview of the post, like the first three paragraphs and say, if you want to read more of this, click here. And that's another way. You created content, but you also drove traffic back to your blog.
0: All of this is amazing, and I want to have more conversations with you about it because there's so much we we're just skimming the surface. But as we're almost out of time, I wanted to get more of a overall strategy for you on how you do this. How do you keep track of all of this? Is there a specific way that you? track your shares, track your progress metrics? How do you see, do you use Google Docs? Do you use spreadsheets? Do you use, and I'm going to let you think about all that, like getting started. Somebody was going to like, has been evangelized and wants to do the G repurposing 15. They want to get started. How do they start? Do they focus on
1: a couple of places
0: and just remind us where we can find you because everyone's in love with you now.
1: All right. So I can definitely locate it on Instagram. Um, I also am on YouTube. And so if you go on YouTube, if you go on Instagram and click my profile, you, you should find my YouTube channel. But just look for Jean Ontra on YouTube. You should find me. And then I have a freebie, which I think we already entered. But you can go to Jean dot com Mediavine. If um, you wanted to get all these 15 ideas on the PowerPoint slides that I was going to present at, in Baltimore, then you can have that as well. So I think you should start out with a few. I I shared 15 of them because I wanted to give people a buffet of options, but I do think that you can make it work for you. Do three or four or five of them that really work well. How do you track metrics? I think that just use the inbuilt analytics on each of the platforms. So for instance, on Instagram, you do have an opportunity to look at insights and views and people that have liked, So there is that already inbuilt. And if you go deeper, you can find those insights as well. There are software out there that allow you to track that as well. So you can definitely do that. As far as YouTube goes, there's YouTube analytics. You can take a look at that. You can look, YouTube analytics has has improved so much. You can look at click-through rates. You can look at views. You can look at view duration, like how many people are staying on, how long are they staying on for, when are they dropping off? That all tells you all kinds of information. Your blog post itself, right? It gives you a lot. You can also, within Google Analytics, tell where people are coming from, right? So you can always look at those analytics. So these are all, I say, make analytics your friend, because if you don't know the data, you don't know anything. So know your data. And then the ones that work, keep on doing that. The ones that don't work, maybe put that on the side burner until you get these ones really figured out. Then go try working on those ones. But I say start out with three or four of these ideas first so that it's not overwhelming. And that is helpful. It's easy
0: to get overwhelmed, but it's really exciting to hear that you already have the content. You just need to
1: you just package need it slightly so differently. Yeah, we love it. Thank you so so much for joining us. This has been a great time. For sure. Thank you so much, Jenny, and Media Vine team for having me. And you have. I want to stay safe in San Diego. Absolutely.
0: Thank you. Bye. See everybody. you next Thursday, guys. Bye. On Air is brought to you by Mediavine. If you're creating amazing and original content, we are here to help. From ad management with maximum earnings and 24-7 support to cutting-edge WordPress plugins, our team has your back. Want free tips in your inbox? Subscribe to our newsletter at mediavine.com slash subscribe. If you're a Mediavine On Air fan, and why wouldn't you be? Please give us your five-star rating love and subscribe wherever you're listening.